KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. After an awful lot of drama, Congress finally passed another COVID relief bill. The president signed it, and it is now law of the land. We wanted to find out what's in this latest relief bill. Does it hit the mark with regards to getting the help where it is needed? Could we actually see another one of these big bills coming down the pike in the future? To get some answers to these questions, we reached out to Scott Deakle, Associate Professor and Chair of the Business and Economics Department at Ursinus College. Really interesting discussion. Give a listen. So let's start with an overview. You've had some time to kind of digest this uh, new stimulus act, this new care act, however we want to portray it. Overall, do you think it it does what uh, American society, the American economy needs it to do? Overall, I I think it does. Uh, I think it was a little late in coming, and I think some people suffered because of that. But now that it's here, I find a lot of things uh, in there that... Uh, seem to have helped the situation the last time around, and I think will again. The two biggest things I would say that did that are the payroll protection program that uh, provides businesses with very low interest and forgivable loans as long as they use the money primarily to pay employees and keep them on the payroll, even though the business might be shut down due to the pandemic. So that program's back. There's a few uh, modifications, but Overall, that program did a lot to keep people uh, above water and businesses afloat. wasn't perfect. There was clearly a lot of fraud last time around. But uh, on the whole, I think it did uh, what it was intended to do. And the other thing I was happy to see was uh, both an increase in federal unemployment benefits uh, with an extra $300 a week uh, for the unemployed And also a provision that uh, allows people to collect unemployment insurance for 55 zero weeks this time around. And I I think both of those were necessary because the data show that a lot of people who are losing their jobs are losing them for long periods of time. And I think we can all easily imagine why their job losses are concentrated in airlines, hospitality, uh, hotels, restaurants. And those are things that can't get back up to full capacity until we have this pandemic under control. And uh, the folks who work in those areas uh, really are going to have a difficult time finding jobs that replace that type of uh, income they had before. And so I think it's justified to provide uh, an extra unemployment benefit and over a longer period of time. So, so I, I really like those things. Uh, I'm going to come out and say something controversial now, though, and and say that the the government could have saved a lot of money and uh, I think used or used it in a better way and held off on the $600 checks given to everyone below a certain fairly generous income threshold, uh, regardless of whether they were employed. Research on the uh, stimulus checks from back in the spring shows that outside of the lower income brackets, A lot of people uh, use that money either to pay off debts or to just keep it in their savings account or invest it in the stock market. The money's not really going back into the goods and services economy, buying things, uh, giving employers things to make and, and hire people with. It goes to the idea that the problem with the economy now is not so much demand. Uh, there, there's not a lack of willingness of people to go out and buy things. 
problem is supply. Uh, there's an inability due to the pandemic to produce goods and services like uh, restaurant meals, airplane flights, and hotel rooms. And uh, until we can get this pandemic under control, it's going to be hard for people to find a way to spend a lot of this extra money they're getting in the stimulus check. To the point on the direct payments, uh, they came in at $600 per person. Of course, there was a strong push to push them up to $2,000. Uh, that seems to be put aside for now. Mm-hmm. Do you think we've seen the end of that? Do you think new Congress, once Joe Biden is inaugurated, we could see mm-hmm. another push? And to your to your argument, would that be a mistake? Yeah, so I, I think... I think it depends on the Georgia Senate race that's coming up soon. I think that uh, if the Republicans keep control of the Senate, though there are some Republicans who went along with President Trump in supporting the top off to $2,000 a person, uh, most of them seem opposed. And my guess is that uh, they would probably continue to oppose that if they kept control of the Senate. So if the Democrats win, then I think the likelihood of those kind of payments coming out uh, really increases. Um, I I think uh, from all indications, uh, all the leaders in the Democratic Party uh, uh, think that the $2,000 checks would have been a great idea and uh, would like to see that. I would caution them if if that's how things turn out, if if the Democrats control the the Senate and uh, have the ability to pass that legislation that the money may not be best spent on giving so many people uh, additional money. I think there might be better ways to target that money to the workers who are struggling the most in uh, the areas I've mentioned, like retail, uh, hospitality, airlines, and I'd even uh, throw in the uh, oil industry too. Um, There's there's definitely a lot of people hurting in those fields. um, And, they could probably uh, find ways to use the money productively. But to to send households like mine where, you know, I'm still employed with my job, you know, I've, I've uh, taken a little bit of a compensation cut, but, you know, I, I don't really need the money that bad. And if I got the money, I probably wouldn't spend it. Uh, I would probably use it to pay down debts. Uh, I would probably possibly invest it in the stock market. And that's not going to have any effect uh, or any discernible effect on how restaurants, airlines, and the other businesses that are currently shut down uh, come back to life. So I, I don't think giving people like me with jobs uh, even more money to spend, but that we can't spend, is really going to do much. What um, early with the first CARES Act back late March, early April? I was very sympathetic to uh, they wanted to just get money out the door. So what not spend a lot of time with bureaucracy and parsing out. Let's just get it out there and help people. And I agree with that. So this time around, why wouldn't they be more targeted in? Is it that burdensome to parse out what the cut line should be or who really needs to money? Or is it nobody wants to be the politician that tells their constituents that they're not getting money from the Mm -hmm. government, but this person is getting money and everybody wants that political capital of having having come through, quote unquote, for their constituents? I think it's the latter. I think that 
it's easier to sell an increase in unemployment benefits if you're also giving uh, most of your other constituents uh, some some benefits as well, whether or not uh, they would actually be useful economically. And, and to the question of whether you know it would be difficult to target the benefits to where they're needed, I, I would say look at what we did with the vaccine. Uh, you know, in about 11 months, we've developed two vaccines, things that used to take 5, 10, 15 years to develop. But we put a good concentrated effort on coming up with something that could kill a, a microscopic uh, organism. It seems like we could devise a way to use all of our computer systems to identify the people who need the money the most and get it to them. So other than the bottom line number, I think this one came in around 900 billion, a trillion, mm-hmm. somewhere right. in that ballpark. Yeah. The first one was 3 trillion uh, in that ballpark. In that ballpark, yeah. So other than the the number, the ba- main number, is there any significant difference in this one from what we saw in the first CARES Act, a, a program that uh, we hadn't seen before, or maybe something we learned really worked and was expanded here. Are there any significant differences, or is it just a matter of how much, you know, like direct payments are 1200 this time mm-hmm. they're 600 the unemployment was 600 before, it's 300 now. Uh, are there any significant differences uh, policy-wise or, or program-wise? You know, nothing dramatically different. Uh, I see a lot of tweaks. Uh, there's little things like uh, in the first uh, CARES Act, um, if a household had one member who was not uh, uh, an immigrant uh, classified the correct way, the entire household couldn't get any stimulus money, whereas now they'll ensure that individual doesn't get a, a stimulus payment, but the rest of the folks in the household do. Um you know, there's there's some alterations to the payroll protection program to address some of the the problems that came up with it the first time, and some of the biggest differences I saw were that there's a lot more money being sent to public education at the K through 12 level. Uh, there's about 90 billion dollars being sent there, and uh, another 30 billion dollars or so being sent to public and private colleges and universities. There was a little bit of money for education in the first uh, CARES Act, but there seems to be a lot more now. And and I would also highlight the money for public K through 12 schools um, to say that even though this stimulus bill didn't address uh, state and local government budget shortfalls on the whole, it does address one local spending problem, which is uh, money for K through 12 schools, which usually comes from state governments. So that's a little bit different. And there, there is a, a lot of more money for the vaccine rollout. There was money for vaccine research in the first stimulus package and a little bit for the rollout, but really not enough. And they've added billions of dollars to help roll out the vaccine. We, we've seen some reports that the rollout hasn't gone very well so far. So hopefully to the extent that more money can help uh, this will help out with that too. And really, when you think about it, uh, going back to the idea that this is a supply issue, not a demand issue, if we get the vaccine out fast as we can, that's going to relieve the supply issue and give people a place to spend that money that we need to return our economy back to its pre-COVID level. The state and local government, that was a big sticking point and one of the main, if not the main reason why 
it took until the end mm-hmm. of the year to get this across the finish line. That is still, even with that money for K through 12, that is still going to be a huge problem going mm-hmm. forward. Are we eventually going to get that addressed? Is it going to be a little easier once Joe Biden is president that it won't be uh, framed in such political red and blue terms that we could get something done, you think? I think, again, it probably is more likely if the Democrats win the Senate races in Georgia this week um, than if the Republicans do. It seems to be broadly opposed by the Republicans and broadly supported by the Democrats. You know, one thing I can add, too, is that the budget shortfall for the states didn't turn out as bad for the recently ended fiscal year as people thought it might. On the whole, they they were off in their revenue collections by about 2%. Before or early in the crisis, uh, a lot of uh, forecasters thought it could be much worse. And the explanation appears to be that most of the hits from COVID hit people with low incomes. And uh, as a result, the loss of their tax revenues wasn't that big of an impact on state budgets. And at the same time, we had a really nice stock market rebound and corporate profits held pretty steady which uh, kind of buffered uh, a lot of the blow as well. You know, going into this fiscal year, states weren't in as bad shape as we thought. There's still forecasts for really big shortfalls coming up next year. Hopefully, you know, in February and March, when stimulus uh, part three, four, whatever stage of stimulus we're in now, whatever the negotiations for that come up, hopefully we'll have a clearer picture of uh, how far the states are behind and, there will be some more of a consensus on uh, a way to get some federal help to them. Are you convinced there will be more? Uh, no, I, I think it's going to be uh, a political uh, issue. I, I, I don't see a, a ton of finely detailed research and analysis of you know where where the state revenue shortfalls are and where they need to be made up. The, the rhetoric I hear is mostly like, this is a blue state bailout. They uh, gave their unionized workers too much in pensions. Uh, so the, the federal government isn't obliged to do this. I, th- I think that's part of the problem, but I, I don't think that's all the problem. I, I think there's red states that uh, could use the help too. Uh, I think probably uh, if, if people took some time to do a, a level-headed analysis of the problem, they could probably find a solution that gets the help to some fairly uncontroversial places and, you know, could avoid maybe bailing out some uh, pension funds that uh, spent a little too much over the last 20 years. Past state and local governments, and given our discussion about the direct payments, anything that you think we've missed the boat on? Any glaring needs that haven't been addressed at all or... uh, Anything that has gotten too much attention that wasn't really that big of a problem? Or do you think for the most part, mm-hmm. we put the fire hose in the right direction? I think for the most part, uh, we're aiming the hose in the right direction. A couple of things that have come to mind is, as I followed this whole pandemic. First is that the restaurant industry, the hotel industry, the airline industry are going to come back, but they're not going to come back as strong as they were before. And I think there are a lot of people who work in those industries who could use some help with transitioning to uh, other areas. And I I haven't seen that really addressed. Uh, The other thing to think about too, is that 
there, there have been some businesses that have really gotten a windfall from this pandemic. Obvious ones that come to mind are Amazon, Walmart, you could throw Zoom, which we're having our conversation on now into that category as well. And they have uh, enjoyed bigger profits than they would have without the pandemic. And they have uh, seen increases in their stock prices that they would not have seen without their pandemic. And I, I think their their founders, their owners, their shareholders, you know, took a risk and invested in these companies and deserve some of that benefit. But at the same time, they, they got a windfall. Um, it seems that to some extent, their employees could be compensated more generously for uh, the extra efforts and risks they've taken on to work in this pandemic. And uh, to some extent, it seems like some of the windfall they've enjoyed might be better used to help offset the losses uh, that workers in some other industries and fields have suffered as a result of this uh, event that was totally out of their control. Um, I don't know what the best way is to manage that. I do think it's important that there's public attention on that, however. There was a really good article on the Working Institute's website recently uh, comparing how some some different businesses compensated their workers uh, after COVID started. And you know, all of these major companies that are getting windfalls from COVID increased pay for their workers, but uh, Amazon and Walmart didn't increase it as much as, say, Costco did or Target did. Um, and uh, it, it seems like uh, they would have some social uh, obligation, I think, to at least compensate their workers a little more for the risks they've been taking and uh, possibly try to send some of that money back to other sectors of the economy, too, that have uh, suffered losses beyond their control because of this pandemic. And just to wrap up, we talked about state and local aid and uh, you know the, the possibility that that can still be addressed. Do you think we will see any more giant, all-encompassing COVID relief bills like this one, which is to a lesser effect the CARES Act? Or mm-hmm. do you think what we will see now is more targeted, less headline-grabbing uh, legislation? Or do you think there might be one more that maybe includes more unemployment, uh, more direct payment, stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Do you think those days mm-hmm. with this last one are past? My, my guess, which is a mix of political and economic outlook, is that we're, we're not likely to see another big one. Uh, it's going to be smaller, more targeted things. I think there's a good chance uh, the Republicans will keep control of the Senate. I think even if the Democrats win both races in Georgia, uh, the, the margin in the Senate will be so narrow for them. Uh, you know, they require the vice president to break any ties that any major legislation is going to require total unity on the part of, of the Democrats. I, I think it, some Democrats may have a hard time getting on board with another huge stimulus package. Um, they they represent states that uh, the electorate isn't uh, so much in favor of those things, and uh, they may have a hard time getting on board. So I, I think that this package we got in December uh, is probably the last big one um, that we'll have. And further improvements are going to be coming in smaller form or, or much different form than we'll see, uh, than we're seeing now. 
That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in depth. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on the radio.com app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon. 